How many of y'all like to watch those uh, house flipping shows, those restoration shows on HGTV or one of those other channels? Tori and I like to do that. We like to watch uh, the tiny house one. Uh, we like to watch uh, the flipping the houses one and trading different houses out and, and redecorating them. We like to watch those shows. And every once in a while, uh, Tori will suggest, you'll get a little excited, and she'll suggest that we do that. Let's go buy a house. We can do this, right? Or maybe she sees a, a special project on one of those shows, and she's like, we can do that. And then we Google what it takes to do that job, and we figure out that we don't have any of those tools, and once again, we land on the fact that we know who we are, and picking one of those projects up would probably be the end of our marriage, right? We'd, we'd come to fisticuffs with each other. We realize who we are at the end of that. You know, some of us uh, have some relationships in our lives that need a restoration project. Some of our marriages have been neglected. Some of our relationships with our kids just need a makeover. Sometimes there's conflict in our lives with coworkers and friends and neighbors, and we need to take on a restoration project in our lives. Maybe you're like me and you feel like restoration is not in your wheelhouse, like big projects are not in my wheelhouse. Maybe you feel like you have not been given the tools, uh, you haven't seen any examples of how to restore these relationships as you were growing up, and you, you don't feel like you have the expertise. Well, just recently we talked about how conflict starts with unmet desires, and those desires become idols and kill relationships if we let them, because idols demand sacrifices. We've talked about that progression of an idol to from I desire to I demand to I judge and then I punish. An innocent desire becomes something that's scary if we begin to fix on it so much. So this is really part two of that message we did a couple weeks ago called Desires. We're going to talk about what do we do when that conflict causes a broken relationship that needs some restoration. What happens when a relationship is on life support? How can we bring restoration? Ken Sandy in his book, Peacemaker, I recommend it to every single one of you. He's going to help us once again and give us a map from the Bible how to restore relationships. Now, there are three options when you have conflict in your life. You have three choices that you can make, and you have three directions that you can go. The first is escape, to run away, to flee, to uh, go into denial, to avoid that person, to run for the hills. You can escape, you can fight and attack, offend, sue maybe, throw hands, The third option is peacemaking. Peacemaking is approaching the conflict head-on with a humble spirit, recognizing your contribution to the problem, listening with an understanding ear, and choosing to forgive and move on. 
You've got these three choices to escape, to fight, or peacemaking. So how can we be peacemakers? How can we restore relationships? Well, the gospel shows us that repentance heals relationships. We stood in conflict with a holy God and real repentance and faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ brings us back into relationship with God. And this is the first step of us healing our earthly relationships too. Repentance is where it starts. That's the first of these four steps to restoration. Repentance is the first step to gaining freedom from both sin and conflict in your life. That's where it's got to start. You've got to know where you have sinned and decide that I am going to repent of that sin. What does that mean? Repentance. Luke 15 tells us about how the prodigal son left his good father's house to go and live a life of excess and uh, following and chasing after his desires. He, he, he pursues sin and pleasure, and he ends up ruining his life. But one day, the Bible tells us this. The Bible tells us that he came to himself. He came to himself. And that's what repentance is, coming to your senses, choosing to stop listening to your lies and excuses and realizing that you are in the wrong. Coming to yourself. Not just listening to your narrative and your story about how you were innocent and everybody else was to blame. Repentance isn't shame. Repentance isn't guilt. Repentance is not just an apology. No, it's waking up to the fact that our ideas, our attitudes, our values, our goals have been wrong. Peter told this to the Jews that denied Jesus and ultimately put him to death in Acts 3.19. He says, repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Repent and turn back. Turn back and realize that you're wrong. Come to your senses. Isaiah 55, 7 shows us what that looks like. It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. It's not enough to realize that you are wrong. You have to turn from that sin and run back to God. Remorse isn't enough. Restoring relationships takes repentance. 2 Corinthians 7, uh, 9 and 10 tell us that sorrow isn't enough. It's not enough just to feel bad, but it goes on to say that sorrow that produces repentance leads to salvation and forgiveness. You know, when you're driving, you're lost, right? You don't know where you're going. It's not enough just to admit that you're going the wrong way. Sometimes that's the hard first step, just to admit that you're lost. But it's not enough just to get frustrated with yourself and say, I'm lost, and then just keep driving in that same direction. No, you've got to turn around. You got to make a UE, right? You got to change direction. 
So that's the first step to repentance in this restoration project. When we have broken relationships in our lives, we've got conflict. And look, you might need this this year, this holiday season. You might need this already. Where you get families together and there's big expectations like these, uh, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's a time when fights can happen pretty easily. And this year, there's more drama than ever with the COVID precautions, right? Because everybody believes that they have the, uh, you know, the exact right attitude about all these precautions. They all, everybody thinks they're an expert. But it's, it's hard. You either uh, you know, aren't taking it seriously enough or you're taking it too seriously and everybody has a different opinion and it's easy to fight this year. And you add in politics and civil unrest and all these other things. You might need these tools for restoration this year. But this is where it starts, with repentance. You've got to realize where you have been wrong and decide you're going to change direction. The next next is uh, examination. Ken Sandy says that one evidence of sincere repentance is a willingness to thoroughly examine ourselves so that we can cover uncover, excuse me, that we can uncover both our sins and mistakes. Examination, taking time to really look at the situation honestly and saying, where have I gone wrong? Now, there's a difference between mistakes and sin. Mistakes are an error in judgment, but sin is deciding to do things your way rather than God's way. And we know this, we know that God's way is the best way. But sin is rebelling against God's way. David says this in Psalms 51.4. He's talking to God here in a prayer, one of the most beautiful prayers of repentance that you'll find in God's word. It says, David says to God, he says, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict. David says, look, God, you're the one that I've sinned against. You only are the one that I sinned against. And so you are right. Whatever you decide, whatever verdict you bring down, whatever consequences are coming, I accept them. See, every sin is against God first. There are sins that we classify as little white sins, right? We, we think they're not that big of a deal, but there are no little white sins in God's book. James 4.17 tells us that we can also sin, not just by making the wrong choice, but sometimes we can sin by not doing what we know we should do. Those are called sins of omission. We need to be personally examining our life, looking for these sins. There's so many opportunities for us to hurt people and hurt ourselves. And it's important for us to make a distinction between mistakes, which are just errors in judgment, and sin. But we tend to conceal, and we tend to deny, and we tend to excuse our wrongs. But we cannot cover our sins if we really want restoration any more than you can just drywall over rotten roof beams and call it fixed. 
You cannot cover your sins. We also need to examine our hearts for blame shifting. We can convince ourselves that even if we did do wrong, we weren't as wrong as the other person. We're not to uh, blame as much as the other person is. But that's not true repentance. True repentance owns our sins without blame shifting. There are many things that we need to examine about the conflicts in our lives. Many ways that we can sin. We can sin by using our tongue as a weapon with gossip and rumors and deceit and grumbling and slander. Slander being when we uh, attack people and try and bring them down because they have not given us an unmet desire. They have uh, hurt us in some way. Sometimes we're wrong in situations because we're being controlling Manipulating and forcing situations is one of the key ways that conflict comes in our lives. And what always happens, it seems, is that uh, we find ourselves that we believe that we are right and we have the right answer. So we think any means necessary for us to get our will to be done, whether it's pushing and uh, manipulating and controlling a situation, we believe we're in the right as long as we're trying to do the thing that we believe is right. But you cross a line when you refuse to respect others' decisions and then persist to change their minds. Disrespect can cause conflict. Breaking your word causes conflict. Sinful habits and desires cause conflict. Fear can cause conflict. Forgetting to do unto others as you would have them do unto you causes conflict. We need to examine our hearts for our actions that may have hurt people. And you will examine your heart for unmet desires and own where you have sinned if you want true restoration. Repentance, examination, confession. Confession is very important. Sometimes you hear these things uh, we say to each other like, well, I'm sorry if what I said hurt your feelings. Or, I guess it's not all your fault. But that's that type of fake apology where we kind of blame someone else for what we did and we try to uh, push off the responsibility. But rarely do those token confessions really trigger real forgiveness. Instead, it's so easy just to admit you're wrong. Once you let go of your pride and once you let go of your defensiveness, it's so easy just to admit you did wrong. What I said was mean and harsh. I'm sorry that I hurt you. It's just that easy. You should also make sure that you address everyone involved in the situation and make sure that they know that you understand how you hurt people. Avoid maybes like, well, maybe I could do better. There's so many little tricks and, and little uh, tips that we take to try and not take full responsibility for our actions. But real confession brings freedom. Just own it and be specific. Acknowledge the hurt that you caused and take steps to alter your behavior. 
Accept any consequences humbly and just ask for forgiveness while allowing time for that other person to process the situation. There is such freedom in confession. When you confess your sin to God and to others and you you stop being defensive and you stop trying to maintain that facade of innocence in a situation, then you are free to own who you have been and free to find forgiveness on the other side and move on. James 5.16 tells us, therefore, to confess your sins, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. There is healing power in confession when you just own what you've done. These are the steps to restoring relationships, repentance, examination, confession, and lastly, personal change. You've got to commit to personal change. How many times have you told a child that, hey, look, it's great that you say you're sorry, but you have to actually attempt to change. Or maybe you said it this way, sorry doesn't cut it, bub. You've got to change your behavior. Look, people are forgiving, but if you're not attempting personal change, then you're not really seeking restoration. But the amazing thing is that you do not have to try and change on your own. God wants to help you change. Philippians 1.6 says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. God's not done working on you yet. And he wants to make those changes in your life. He wants to help you and to empower you to be better tomorrow than you were today for his glory. 1 John 1.9 tells us if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and then do what? To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God wants to help you change. He delights in it because sin hurts us and our Father does not want to see us in pain. God is in the business of restoring old, broken down relationships. Seek his help through prayer. Pray for God to open your eyes to your sin. We see other people's sin so easy, but it's so rare for us to actually find out that we have sinned. Regardless of whether other people have sinned, normally we have done something to contribute to the situation. God, open our eyes to the pain that we have caused. Pray for empathy. And next, delight yourself in the Lord. We need to take down those idols of unmet desires and replace them with the desire to follow Jesus, a desire to be closer to Jesus. Tear down those idols and bow the knee to your Savior. There might be something in your life that you have been so focused on for so long, some desire, some want, some perceived need that you have been worshiping. And today, right now, 
You need to tear down that idol and say, God, I give this situation to you. I give this want and this desire to you, God. If it be your will, then give it to me. And if it's not your will, then don't give it to me. But I give this situation to you. You can dive into scripture and find these verses that apply to your life and to your situation and memorize them and and put them up in your house, on your refrigerator, in your car, uh, somewhere on the dashboard that you can continually bathe your heart and mind in God's word so that you might tear down these idols in your life. And then we've got to put what we know to practice. It's not enough to know what is right. We have to use that knowledge. So what's that relationship in your life today that needs some work? What relationship is broken? It needs some restoration. Maybe it's your marriage and you've neglected it and you haven't, haven't done the maintenance on it, right? You've allowed it to crumble a little bit. The stress has broken it a little bit. You need to have an honest conversation about how you have contributed to that problem. Maybe it's your relationship with your kids that needs a makeover. You need to start over. You need to tear down the facade of a nice and happy relationship and get down to where the real problems are. Maybe it's a foundation issue. Maybe it's the the structure behind the walls. But there's some hurt and there's some pain. And you need to own up to how you contributed to the situation. Maybe it's a conflict with your neighbor, coworker, or friend. Yeah, you can escape. You can run away from the situation and live in denial. But that's not fixing anything. Yeah, you can just fight and, and lash out and try and blame the other person for all the problems. Or you can attempt peacemaking where you humbly admit your wrong. You decide to repent and to come to your senses. You decide to examine your life and your heart for how you contributed You confess and tell that person, look, I have done you wrong. You tell God, look, I have done you wrong. And then you commit to personal change. You decide that you're going to make things different. These are the tools that we need today to start restoration projects in our relationship. We need to work on flipping these old, broken down relationships until they look brand new. It takes work. It's not easy. It's easy just to act as if nothing was wrong. But the problem with that is when you do that, the next time something happens, then it's an atomic bomb goes off in your life, right? You tried to cover up that hurt. You tried to cover up that pain and that brokenness. Instead of working on it, instead of attempting it uh, and head, head, uh, you know, attempting to face it head on. It's not easy, but God wants this for you. He wants these relationships to look brand new. When we have these broken relationships, it's easy for us to try and escape. It's easy for us to attack, but a follower of Jesus should be an instrument of peace because Jesus was the ultimate peacemaker. He brought peace between us and a holy God. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. 
but he gave it anyway. What relationship in your life needs some restoration work? Start with repentance. Coming to your senses about the wrongs that you've done and how you've contributed to this situation. Examine yourself for sin and be honest. Confess. Just own it and be specific. Acknowledge the hurt you caused. Accept any consequences humbly and ask for forgiveness, allowing that other person time to process the situation. Repentance, examination, confession, and personal change. You got to take steps to alter your behavior. But you don't have to change on your own. God is eager to help. We stood in conflict before a holy God and real repentance and faith in the sacrifice of Jesus brought us back into relationship with God. And it can work in the relationships in your life too. There is hope for restoration in your relationships. And you may have some that you have given up on a long time ago. But there is hope. And you need the Holy Spirit to start working. Working in your life and working in that other person's life. Take it to God in prayer. So we don't want these old dilapidated relationships in our lives. We only have one life to live. We only have short time on this life. The Bible tells us life is like a vapor. It's like a flower. It fades so quickly. They can't force it to happen. Can't manipulate the situation to be better. But if we're faithful to repent, to examine our lives, to confess our wrongs, and commit to personal change, there could be some real healing in our relationships. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are in the peacemaking business. God, we thank you that you want to restore our relationships, God, and that you have the power to do that. God, I pray that you help us to be a church that is a peacemaking church, God. Help us not just to run away from our problems. Help us not just to to bow up and to fight because we feel like we've been disrespected somehow. Help us to be peacemakers, God, just like your son, Jesus Christ. God, I pray if there's anyone listening today right now that has not made peace between you and them. God, I pray you help them see the need for a Savior right now. Help them to see their sin so clearly. Not just to feel guilty, God, but to see that there's no way for them to get to you without the sacrifice of Jesus. God, I pray that they would get convicted of their sin, see their need for a Savior. I pray that they would put their faith on what you did on the cross as the only means for salvation. God, I pray that they would call out to you right now, ask for forgiveness of their sin, put their faith 
on the blood of Jesus Christ to cover all their guilt and shame and decide they're going to turn from everything else that they were holding on to, any good works or any good deeds, and put all their faith on you. God, I pray for someone right now, Lord, that's got a, a broken relationship in their life that they have given up on. They've boarded it up. put a condemned sign on the door and they've lost all hope that anything will ever change. God, I pray you begin to work so beautifully in these situations. Bring hope where there is no hope. God, I pray you heal these relationships. God, help us to come to our senses about where we have added to these problems. Help us to examine our lives and our hearts for idols. Help us to confess and have the boldness to speak those words of repentance to other people. Help us to commit to personal change. God, we love you and we're going to give you all the praise for it. God, I pray you do some miracles in some relationships through those that are listening. God, we love you. In your name we pray.